Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We dove into our most underrated fullbacks as nominated by you guys the other day. This afternoon, we're going to dive into our most underrated wingers. And just in general, I think really good wingers or just solid wingers, reliable wingers are extremely underappreciated in our game. This is something I've spoken about a long time with Brett Morris. And there's a number of other guys that aren't on Brett Morris's level, but just reliability is so underappreciated when it comes to wingers. And, you know, it's really easy to see a poor winger. It's it's really easy to pick out a winger that is letting their team down. But it's the wingers that consistently produce and that have got that little bit of X factor that I think sometimes we appreciate. And we're going to underappreciate. And I think we're going to dive into a couple of those guys today. I've got six or seven wingers that you guys sent in that I'm going to have a bit of a deeper dive in that uh, I held in pretty high regard myself. Now, I've got a notable mentions list that uh, could go on for eternity here. Just going to take you through a couple of the names on here. Steve Turner, Roddy Wishart, Luke Burt was a really, really popular one. He's one of the guys that was really unlucky to miss the six or seven I'm going to dive into. James McManus, Scotty Minto, the cult hero. Kevin Gordon, we spoke about him the other day with Clarky, um, a real rogue character, but a sensational footballer. Uh, Wolfman, David Williams, for those couple of years at the Manly Seagulls, he was unreal. He went from absolutely nothing to being a New South Wales star and a kangaroo superstar. Uh, a champion player, Wolfman. Another one that was very unlucky to miss the seven we're going to talk about, but I feel like we have talked about him quite a bit in the past, is uh, Hazemel Masri. Of course, well-regarded for his goal-kicking ability, but a fantastic winger as well. Scored an absolute heap of tries and was always part of a star-studded Bulldog side. And, you know, as a little bonus, uh, you know, if you scored a try, there was a 90% chance that four was going to turn into six whenever you had El Masri on the field. Uh, Nathan Merritt, a try-scoring freak out of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, only played uh, the one game of State of Origin, which uh, he got undone a little bit defensively, which was always Nathan Merritt's problem, but a sensational attacking player. He was unreal. Uh, Jason Moody, 
Little blast from the past there. Um, I quite often call my girlfriend, Jason. Uh, this guy, he was a sensational player for the Parramatta Eels. That's where I remembering him. Bit of an unorthodox-looking fellow, but a champion player. Uh, Marika Korobiti obviously debuted for the West Tigers. I still remember the night he made his debut. He scored four tries. He was unbelievable that night. Went on to play for the Melbourne Storm, as all good wingers do. Turned into a great winger, as all wingers do in Melbourne, and is now playing for the Wallabies. I think he's won a couple of John Eels medals as well. Uh, at least one. I think he's got two though, which is an incredible effort. Uh, Todd Skinny Byrne, uh, often just remembered for his unfortunate moment in the 2003 Grand Final, but Todd Byrne, um, a guy that went through my local junior club, the Coogee Wombats that I coach at, he essentially was told when he was 18 or so, he was just too skinny, just too small. I think he got right into like bodybuilding or something like that for a little bit and put on a bit of weight, and that's what got him into first grade. So scary to think he got he put on a bit of weight to get into first grade. He was still as skinny as he was. Todd Byrne, champion player, good bloke. Unfortunately, just remembered for all the wrong reasons. Another one is Michael Devere from the Brisbane Broncos, of course. Probably best known for having um, the old staples in his head during State of Origin. Michael Devere was a champion winger. Um, yeah, quite a few to go through here. And the first one, the notable one, comes from Jesse Redenbach. Thanks, Jesse, for sending this one in, mate. A champion player he, he's nominated. It is Paddy Richards, and I agree with this one. I think he's one of the most underappreciated guys we've seen. And probably the thing about Pat Richards is that the absolute peak of his career, he actually played in England, in my opinion. Though they were the peak years of his career, but, geez, he achieved a lot in his time he was here. Uh, obviously a big body, with which helps a lot out on the sting. Had one hell of a shoe on him as well. My God, some of those kickoffs he used to do and the conversions. And you've seen some of the um, some of the videos of him over in England hitting field goals from 40 metres out on the sideline, out of dummy half, essentially. An absolute freak and would have been a specialist in the, uh, the two-point field goal era we're playing in now. I know that I had a mate that used to play the Tigers in the uh, in the mid 2010s, and he, and he sort of said that one of the one of the main drills they used to do was that they would have to bear crawl um, from one end to the other, and then Paddy Richards would, would do a dropout, and wherever the ball landed, you'd have to uh, bear crawl back to there. So if you know what a bear crawl is, pretty tough. And he used to say that these Pat Richards dropouts, he would have to put them as far as he could, and he'd kick them, and they'd go 60 on the fly, and if it bounced back. It could almost come back to the 40, but if it bounced forward, it could go all the way to the 90-meter line, realistically. Uh, an unbelievable boot on him, Pat Richards. Just incredible timing. Uh, obviously made his debut for the Paramount Eels in the year 2000. Played there until 2003. So people forget he was part of this 2001 Eels side that was breaking records left, right, and center. Then moved to the Tigers in 04. And um, little did he know, within 18 months, he'd be lifting a trophy for the West Tigers, their first ever premiership. And he would play a critical role in this premiership as well. We all remember the Benji Marshall flick, the Cowboys kick kick into the deep right corner, and Benji just explodes out the other side, takes on Matty Bowen, flicks it on the inside. And I think it's one thing that's probably underappreciated in this try that we always forget. Pat Richards had... um had Jensen coming up on his right-hand side. One hell of a defender. And the fen that he put on him, I believe he... he, Because he caught the ball with his right hand and then he switched it back over to his left on that run and palmed Jensen off. Almost put him into the grandstand. Scored a cracking try. Him standing up, celebrating. It's a moment that I will never forget uh, with Pat Richards. But you've got to remember as well, like this guy, he played 119 games in Australia, scored 66 tries. Uh, Then he went to England. Yeah, and he played 245 games in England. 245. So after winning a grand final with the Tigers, playing with the Eels for four years, 
going to a grand final there. He then went to England just for a, a handy 245 games. That is longer than probably 95% of careers. Unbelievable. Probably even more than that. He scored 176 tries over there, so more than a try a game. Simply incredible. Won a couple of premierships over there. Unreal. Uh, returned in 2014 with the West Tigers. Played in 2015 as well. And I guess something that sums up Pat Richards is this stat here. So in 2005, when they won the comp, Paddy Richards played 28 games that year. So I think he played every single game of their 2005 premiership winning season. He scored 20 tries, which is really impressive, yeah? In 2015, his last year of first grade football, the West Tigers finished second last. He played 20 games. He scored 17 tries. So when they finished first in 2005, 10 years before this, he scored 20 from 28 games in the premiership winning side. And then in his last season, 10 years later in the team that finished second last, he only scored three less tries, but in eight less games. Really incredible with Paddy Richards, a champion player, a guy I've got all the time in the world for. Another one I'd love to have on the podcast one day. I think he'd be a great chat. Our next one is sent in by T-Stew, Tommy Stewart. Thanks for sending this one in, T. Uh, Daniel Tupu, he suggests. And um, it's not very often we talk about modern-day players when we do these things, but I think Daniel Tupu has to be right up there. Uh, He's played 189 games. He's scored 110 tries. A really impressive strike rate going then, you know, more than a try every second game. Really, really impressive impressive. Um, and I guess you've got to remember as well, three premierships. Yeah, 2013, 2018, 2019. Um, he's gone back-to-back as well. And, you know, he scored two tries in in three grand finals. Yeah, so 2013, 2018, scored a try in both of those. I believe he might have even been first try scorer in both of those games. Um, and since, since his first season, um, he has gone to 10 tries in just two out of his nine seasons. So seven out of nine seasons so far, he scored more than 10 tries that season, which I think is an incredible effort. Uh, For a guy that people give a lot of shit to, uh, obviously he's a fantastic kick target, but I think coming out of his own end, he's unreal. He's been criticized probably earlier in his career for having poor ball handling, but... I think he really has improved out of sight. And I was a, I think he was unlucky not to be playing Origin this year, to be honest with you. A guy that I've got a lot of time for, a fantastic finisher. Obviously, one of the best kick targets in our game. If you get the kick right, it's a try every day of the week. Daniel Tupu, he does not miss many opportunities. So, T. Stewart, I know you're a Rooster fan, mate. Uh, sensational suggestion there, Daniel Tupu. Big fan of him. Our next one comes from Nick Andrews. Nick, thank you for sending this one in, mate. We've got Crimson Inu, obviously a guy that we had on the podcast. Got himself in a bit of bar rubble recently for some ridiculous comments that I can't back at all. But as a footballer, Inu, incredible. Um, played for three clubs in the NRL, Parramatta, New Zealand, and at the Bulldogs. Um, 64 tries from 139 games. I probably would have had this guy more as a center personally, but when he did play on the wing, he was unreal. And that's sort of where he started his career when he burst onto the scene for Parramatta. He was just doing some stuff that we hadn't really seen before just the confidence that he had for a young bloke. I remember him telling me on the podcast that he, you know, after only playing a handful of first grade games, he, um, he's sitting in church one day and his phone goes off. He's got no idea what it is. Anyway, it's, it's the New Zealand Kiwis calling him up to play. Like, he, I think he'd only played... He might not have even played first grade yet, to be honest with you. I can't remember how the story went. I think he'd play one game. I think he might have made his Kiwis debut in his first grade debut in the same week. So, unbelievable circumstances there for Inu. Went on to be a great player. Obviously played for the three clubs, Parramatta, Warriors, Canterbury. Probably the thing that I'll never forget with Crimson Inu, and it's an unfortunate thing for him. So... 
2009, the Parramatta Eels go on that unbelievable run all the way to the grand final. He's in that side. He loses the 09 grand final. Then at the end of 2010, the year later, he moves to the New Zealand Warriors. In 2011, they go all the way to the grand final. They lose again. So the poor bastard, he's won, he's lost two grand finals in three years with two different clubs. Halfway through 2012, he leaves the New Zealand Warriors just the year later and he goes to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, of course, the Canterbury Bulldogs go on to lose the grand final that year to the Melbourne Storm. So in four years, Inu lost three grand finals with three different clubs. I don't think that is a record that will ever be broken. For you to play in three grand finals in four years, that's unbelievable. For you to play in three grand finals in four years with two clubs, unheard of. For you to play in three in four years at three different clubs, I honestly don't think that will ever happen again. Unfortunately for Inu, he lost each and every one of them. Heartbreaking stuff there, obviously. And, you know, he lost 2009. He lost to the Melbourne Storm, which, you know, obviously had this, the salary cap asterisk next to it. So unfortunate for him there. Fast forward a few years later, and here he is, 2012. Same grand final, you know. 2009, they had Jared Haynes setting the world alight for the Parramatta Eels. 2012, they had Ben Barber setting the world alight for the Canterbury Bulldogs. They get there, same obstacle, the Melbourne Storm. And the clinical system, they get the job done on both occasions. So, you know, a really good suggestion there. I'll never forget the night for Canterbury. It was his first game. He'd come mid-season. He was wearing jersey 21. He was playing out on the wing. It was against the Sydney Roosters at the SFS. I remember I was there that night. And he scored two tries, but he scored one try where he rose above. He got up so high and got the ball down. An incredible player. And probably a guy that I'll always remember for his goal-kicking approach. He had this weird sort of grin that he used to do just as he was goal kicking. He had the mouth guard that were like teeth like Georgie Williams. Um, yeah, a really entertaining guy, you know, and a very underrated player. You just had to get the very best out of him. And if you did, it was lights out sort of footy. The next one comes from Wayne Walters. Thank you for this one, Wayne. This is one I'm a huge fan of. Jason Nightingale. Now, Jason Nightingale, one club man, 266 games for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, scoring 110 tries. Uh, and it should be noted, 2010 grand final. He scored two tries in this game. The Dragons went into this game with a plan. The Roosters, they put out a spot defender on their side who, in my opinion, is still a spot defender to today, 11 years old. It was, of course, Joey Leilua. Unfortunately for Joey, he's 18 years old in this game, playing on the left wing for the Sydney Roosters. And Darius Boyd, he just picked him apart in this game. And Nightingale scored two tries. I know it was probably unlucky not to score more realistically. A guy that played 33 tests for the New Zealand Kiwis. Uh, an unbelievable job there, scoring 19 tries. Very, very impressive. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I remember it blew up all over social media. I remember when they were doing the Harker that night and everyone was really serious and Jason Nightingale was sort of smiling there. And that was Jason Nightingale. It was nothing disrespectful. He was just an unorthodox fella. He was one of those guys that he just made everything look a little bit difficult, a little bit tough. But he was just reliable as all hell. You'd see him score a try that most guys would just dive in for, and he would somehow land on his head and slap his back on the ground. And he was just an unorthodox, awkward thing, Jason Nightingale. But brilliant coming out of his own end. 
Always reliable for a really solid scoot. Always tended to beat the first man. Would never really get chopped by the markers. A really reliable guy, Jason Nightingale, and a real locker room guy. I know that he's running a coffee shop at the moment down there in the Illawarra. Seems to be doing really well. All the boys still get around him heaps, so says a lot about the Knight Rider, Jason Nightingale, a legend of the Dragons. I think he had a plaque uh, that was revealed the other day at Wynn Stadium, so well-deserved for him. 2010 Premiership winner with two tries that night. Great suggestion, Wayne. I'm a huge fan of Jason Nightingale. Our next one comes from Zach Haig. And this guy, Michael Robertson. Great suggestion, Zach. I'm a huge fan of Michael Robertson. Obviously started the Parramatta Eels. I think people tend to forget that, though. Played there for... I don't know, like like three or four seasons, I think. Played about 60 games there. Only scored 15 tries, so not overly impressive. Wasn't an overly uh, red-hot Canberra Raiders side, though. Um, then moved to the Manly Seagulls, and this is where his career really kicks off. He plays for the Manly Seagulls between 06 and 11. So 06, they're obviously not in the grand final. 07, they play Melbourne. 08, they play Melbourne again. They beat them on this occasion. Uh, then they return in 2011 to the grand final again, and that was his last game uh, for the Seagulls, in which they beat the New Zealand Warriors. But highlight game, or the highlight year for Michael Robertson, without a doubt, 2008. They lost the grand final in 07. Heartbreaking stuff. Uh, they come back in 08. And they knock over the Melbourne Storm in the grand final, 40-0. And Michael Robertson, he scores three tries in this game. It should be noted in the final series of 2008, uh, the Manly Seagulls, they are close to unbeatable. They beat every team by at least 30 from memory. Um, They were just scoring points left, right and centre. And I think they only conceded 12 points. They obviously conceded no points in the grand final. But he scored five tries in that final series, and it only went for three games, including three tries on the biggest stage, the NRL Grand Final. So Michael Robertson, a guy that never really played rep footy, a guy that he's sort of forgotten. I, I think in 10 or 15 years, if you if you have to name that Manly Seagulls team, even the 08 side, you'll probably forget the guy that scored three tries. Uh, but a champion player, Michael Robertson, a really great s- suggestion there, Zach, a guy that is definitely underappreciated. Probably outside of Manly Seagulls fans, I'm sure they would definitely appreciate him. But a lot of other people, he's probably forgotten to a lot of people. Such a stock standard name too. That never helps your cause. The next one comes from Matty Quinnell down there in Melbourne. G'day, Matty. Hope everything's going well, brother. And he suggests Matty Singh. He knows that I've got a soft spot for Matt Singh. A great suggestion there. Now, Matt Singh, he's one of those guys that if you weren't able to watch him week to week, you probably are never going to appreciate just how talented Matt Singh was. And I'll read you his stats now, which definitely do him credit. Uh, played for the Penrith Panthers, 93 to 95. Moved to the Roosters in 96, following Phil Gould and Freddie from the Panthers over to the Chooks. Uh, played there until 2001. Now, if you think about the roller coaster that the Roosters went on, he obviously got to play in the, in the grand final in the year 2000, losing to the Brisbane Broncos. But... To leave the Roosters in 01 is terrible timing because, of course, they go on to win the Premiership the year after and they go and play in the next two grand finals. It really was a golden era for the Roosters. And Matty Singh left just before they hit that period um, and obviously arrives at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are leading up to something special, but you wouldn't really know it. He arrives there in 02, pretty grim season. 03, they start to look a little bit more realistic. They start to get taken a little bit more seriously, I guess. But then it's 04 that they really kick into gear. And I think people forget, like, um, they obviously made the grand final the year after in 2005. But that 2004 season side, they only fell one game short. And if you remember, the, the, the Roosters played the Canterbury Bulldogs in the 2004 grand final. For the Roosters to get in, they had to beat 
the North Queensland Cowboys, and it came down to the absolute wire. There was a couple of controversial referee decisions that went the way of the Chooks, especially in the last few minutes. So the Cowboys, they were the real deal before Jonathan Thurston arrived. They were playing unbelievable footy uh, in 04. And Matty Singh, he, he was front and centre. I remember that there's one game where he scores a heap of tries against the Canterbury Bulldogs. He just soars above Matt Utai time and time again. I think he scored three tries that night, marking up against Matt Utai. And look, Matt Singh, 275 games, 159 tries. Incredibly impressive. But I'll tell you what, if you had a stat for how many tries Matt Singh saved... It could be more than he scored. Defensively, he was unbelievable. He's the best defensive winger I've ever seen. I said it at the start of the season, and he's one of those guys that just, it just seemed like every second week, he would make a tackle that would save a try. And for me, saving tries are more important than scoring them. Yeah, it means more for your opposition not to have it on the scoreboard than for you to have it on. I think it's part of the mindset, the way that rugby league works. It definitely is more important. If you're able to stop a try, momentum can just stop all of a sudden. If it's a certain try, if it's dead set on and you manage to stop it with a special play from your winger, which is what Matt Singh was able to do all the time, it just means so much. A guy that played 24 games for the Queensland Maroons as well. I mean, you think about if you play for an entire decade straight, that's 30 games. So Matt Singh, he played the equivalent of eight years straight for the Queensland Maroons. A very, very impressive record there. But yeah, the best defensive winger I've ever seen, Matty Singh. I hold him in the highest regard. Played for a number of clubs, number of games for Queensland. I don't think he ever actually played for the Kangaroos, but a champion player, a guy that I think is extremely, extremely underrated. I'm glad that a number of people mentioned him, including Matty Quinnell. Great suggestion, mate. And the last one comes from Josh O'Brien, and this was a very... Very popular one here once again. It is, of course, Taniella Tuaki. Now, Taniella, he only played between 2006 and 2009. So only four seasons, played 78 games. He scored 42 tries. Now, as per most players, uh, they tend to take a while to find their way in first grade. And Taniella, he was no different, yeah? It took him a while to find his own. But once he did... It was probably 2009 that the penny dropped just how dangerous this guy could be. And the West Tigers, they were coming into their own. I was talking to the Whisperer about this the other day. Probably that 09, 10, 11, that West Tigers team, they were absolutely stacked. It's devastating that they didn't win a premiership during that time when you look back at the side they had and the form Benji Marshall was in. And this guy out on the left wing, he was crucial. He was unbelievable. It should be noted in 2009, he played 22 games. He scored 21 tries, and he didn't score a try in the game where he was injured and his career finished. So crazy to think what he could have done in 2009 if he was able to play that whole season. And keep in mind, until his last game where he got injured, in the six games leading up to that, he had scored 10 tries. 10 tries in the six weeks leading up to his injury that ended his career. It included two hat-tricks as well for Taniela Tawaka. One of the hardest guys we've ever seen to handle in our game and sort of... You know, a guy like him on the wing, now it's sort of stock standard for a lot of these sides. But, mate, back then, no one could handle him. You could put him up against the Australian, you know, like the two kangaroo wingers, and they they still couldn't handle him. He was so strong, so robust. He would come in for so many carries, so good out of his own end, and you would just have to give him a half opportunity. And he wouldn't dive in the corner. He wouldn't. He would just bully you over the line, Taniela Tawaka. Terrible. 
how his career unfolded. A guy that I would have loved to have seen play, you know, 200 first grade games. I'm sure he would have scored so many tries, sort of in that like Eric Growth sort of build. Just an unbelievable player. And rugby league is at a huge loss for how his career unfolded. There's all of our underrated cent- uh, wingers, sorry, as suggested by you guys. Stay tuned tomorrow. Tomorrow night, we're going to go through all of our underrated centers. So I've got you guys to suggest a few of them. And there are some really exciting names in and amongst that mob. Stay tuned tomorrow morning, though. Got another fantastic podcast dropping, doing something a little bit different, where I pick a squad of 20 of modern-day players. But I'm randomly given one team at a time, and I have to select one player from that team in a position, and it's set and forget. Once I pick them there, I have to move to the next one without knowing what team's going to come up next. It was really challenging, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So stay tuned for that one coming tomorrow morning. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 